Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourself. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body, to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. This is now, I think, the third episode or fourth episode that we are recording live from quarantine. It feels like forever, so we've just lost count. <laughs> we've just <laughs> lost count. But um, I'm Shay, and I have with me Anna. And today we are going to dive into this topic of boundaries. And we briefly mentioned it in one of the previous podcast episodes that we've done on our quarantine life. And we had also mentioned it in creating this work from home environment where there's a strong sense of boundaries. So if you are working now in a home with somebody else, how do you create boundaries between that person and you to say what you are available for, what you're not available for? Um, how do we create boundaries around the different actions and things? How do we create boundaries within our relationships and connections? And perhaps also a little bit more of the energetic boundaries and how we can kind of create separation between what's my stuff and what's somebody else's stuff. So that's where we're going today and we'll see what unfolds. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I've been noticing that's been coming up a lot as I've been continuing to support my clients through this time is this almost like this whole re-education happening in terms of understanding our boundaries because when we're in a different situation, we haven't necessarily thought about how would we act in this situation? We're so used to acting in the world that we knew it before, before Corona. And I think it's a really good time for people just to come back and to reflect and see, you know, where they can maybe help themselves a little bit by putting some of these boundaries in place. 
Exactly. So maybe just to start off, um, I thought I would share like kind of what the idea of a boundary is. And a boundary is something that is a limitation or it's some kind of defining line that marks the space between one area and another area. So from a very like practical perspective in terms of our properties and our houses and our homes, we have very clearly demarcated boundaries, which is my area and which is somebody else's area. And it's so useful for us because we know we have free movement in the space that is ours, but suddenly when we cross over to somebody else's boundary, that's no longer in our zone. So that's not the place that we can move and we can express and we can be, but it gets, it gets harder and harder or more and more challenging to find those boundaries from an energetic sense, because firstly we aren't connected to the body very easily and the body is where we notice and feel the energy of ourselves and feel the energy of other people. And when we don't have that really strong sense of ourself, then we are just continuously merging and blending and absorbing with everybody else. And there's no clearly defined limitation of what is my stuff to feel and what is somebody else's stuff to feel. So that's kind of what we want to go and explore this. I don't know if you wanted to have anything that you wanted to add on that definition of what a boundary is. The only thing I just wanted to add, and this was just something that came to me as you were speaking, is from the description that you gave, even though the boundary is a limitation, it's a limitation that actually to a certain extent creates more freedom. Mm. Because by having this boundary, the very, very clear cut line uh, you used in the terms of the physical boundaries, you said you have this freedom to move within the space, as opposed to if you're not sure about where you're supposed to be going or what, what's too far, what's too much, it doesn't feel free. So even though sometimes creating boundaries seems like creating a limitation, the payoff for doing it well is that in the long run, you create more freedom. Mm. So boundaries is a topic and a theme that I'm exploring in a few months on the members side. And one of the ways that I have really allowed people to understand exactly this, what you're saying is referring it to a creative practice, because if somebody gives you a blank piece of paper and says, be creative, it's like, well, I, I don't know. I, there's this blank piece of paper and like, it's too overwhelming. Like there's so, like uh, there's so much. Whereas if somebody gives you a piece, a blank piece of paper and says, the theme is transportation, be creative. Suddenly with that limitation, with that boundary, you can think, well, I'm going to draw a train or I'm going to sketch an airplane or maybe I'm going to make a paper airplane or maybe I'm going to make a paper basket that can transport some Easter eggs or whatever it is. But that exactly that boundary, that container that you've created suddenly creates more freedom and it creates more creativity because you have put some kind of container onto whatever it is that you're exploring. So it's exactly the same for anything that we do, we do in life. And I think we've talked in the past on one of the previous episodes, it was a long time ago when we first started the show and you use the idea of, you know, if you have a sort of river, the banks of the river are the boundaries, but they enable that flow of water. And in creating this boundary, just like you've explained with the creativity exercise, there is energy which can be channeled. When the boundaries are not present, it just creates this leakage of energy or we can lose energy that could be more purposefully channeled into something which, which is enriching for our life. Mm, mm, definitely. So with this idea, this is a little bit more, maybe starting with the more esoteric stuff and we can move our way down into the more practical, tangible boundary setting things, especially useful for us in quarantine or wherever we are in lockdown or isolation during this time. 
But I think one of the most important things to, when we're thinking about it from an energetic perspective, is to really define what is you and what is yours. So let's say you are feeling like, oh, you're feeling so anxious. And especially now, I think lots of people are feeling anxious, overwhelmed. There's a lot of that kind of energy that's moving through. And when we can define it very clearly, like you can define yourself. My name is Shay. I live at this address. I live in this home with this person. I am here. I'm wearing these clothes. And you can start to separate yourself from the person whose perhaps energy or emotion that you are experiencing. So you can differentiate yourself between I am different from Anna because I do this. She does that. I am different from this person because I'm doing this. She's doing that. So you create this really clear, strong picture of yourself and the picture of yourself is like the house to that energy. When you have that very clearly defined order within who you are, that creates this vitality, it creates this robustness, that creates an ability to create these really strong boundaries. And it's not to say that the boundaries have to be all the way there all the time, because obviously we want to be able to open those channels and those gates when we feel safe, when we feel that there's an opportunity for connection or whatever it is that we're exploring. But when we are just, and especially people who are very empathetic, who are very kind of feeling other people's stuff and not just feeling other people's stuff, but feeling the emotion of the other people. So the example that I've kind of used in laying this out for the Move, Breathe, Create site is that if you think or have a situation where perhaps you've got a friend who's moving through something that's really sad or really challenging, you as a person can feel really sad for your friend who is moving through that difficult time. So there's sadness that you are feeling because you feel sad for your friend. An empath or somebody who is really just absorbing the emotions of that person is not feeling in their own capacity sad for that friend, but they are free feeling the friend's sadness and they are kind of merging with that friend's sadness. It's a, it's a very subtle difference in language, but it's a very big difference in the emotional set point that you create for yourself. And when you can start to build a difference between I'm feeling this because this is my feeling versus I'm absorbing and merging with that other person's emotions that she's experiencing or that they're experiencing. When you create that separation, when you create that boundary, you're in a much more capable place of actually being able to help that person because you're no longer just kind of being swept away with everything as they are. You're in yourself, you're in your own body, you can feel your feet on the ground. And grounding is actually a really, really important part of being able to create this sense of boundary so if you feel like especially now with everything going on corona like you feel yourself being washed away with all the emotions that are present and kind of being swept away by life or just overwhelm take a few breaths to feel your body feel your feet on the ground and even take your hands to your thighs and give yourselves your thighs a bit of a squeeze like the thighs and the lower limbs and the legs are all part of that grounding system of the body so really give your legs a massage like squeeze into your calves use your hands to like palpate down your legs so that you get this tangible sense of the muscles the bones the earth stuff of the body so yeah that's the first little tip of just defining what is you and defining what is yours I would say that this concept of like feeling people's, you know, feeling the emotions of other people versus feeling for other people is something that has been a really big learning curve for me over the past few years. And when we first launched, launched the podcast, we interviewed Colleen, um, who's an energy healer. And I started working with her, it must have been almost about three years ago now. And 
before that, a lot of the stuff was quite new to me. And I didn't, you know, I, I knew the word empathy, but I didn't know you could be an empath. And obviously discovering this whole side of things really set me down this spiritual path to a certain extent. And she would always say to me, like, you know, you're carrying other people, you're picking up everyone's emotions. And I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's taken me a, a really long time to start to get a little bit more clear on when I'm feeling other people's feelings versus when I'm feeling for other people. To a certain extent, I guess this was at least my realization is that I realized that when my life is busy and when I'm overwhelmed and when I'm stressed, which essentially means that I'm losing my ground, that's when the lines get blurred. And the more I'm looking after myself, the more I'm looking after my physical body and also just taking time and space to feel myself and to connect with myself and manage my own emotional being. Now I feel that I'm much more centered in myself. And I'm, when I'm working with clients, I can, I feel, I want to say, I feel what they're feeling, but I'm not taking it on in, inside of myself. I, I always get a little bit confused with this because the definition of empathy is feeling with and sympathy is feeling for. And we do want to be able to feel with, to empathize with our clients, with our family, with our friends, with our loved ones. But there is a difference between, I guess, feeling with someone and, and taking that emotion on as your own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, what you're saying about this idea of creating what I'm hearing is like creating this really robust boundary, which comes through feeling vitality. So it is like the good sleep, the good nutrition, the good movement, the good creative practices, whatever you do to nourish and kind of bolster up your own energetic self, which for me, I get this like image of like, kind of like a a really cushiony bubble. That's kind of like, (laughs) surfacing around your body and like the more robust and the more like kind of healthy that boundary of bubble is around you the more easily you are able to stand in what's mine versus what's yours and then that that play between yes I can I can feel with you of course but I'm no longer I'm not porous that that bouncy ball that that cushion around me is not it's not leaky it's not kind of letting your stuff kind of filter into my stuff and it's all a bit like mergy and a bit unclear about whose is what and you know there's there's very definite orders between your stuff and my stuff and you can still be an amazing empathetic person without like holding it at the heart Mm. yeah Mm. think of that Mm. and I think I I went to this cacao ceremony at the end of last year which was a bit of a strange experience I don't think it was for me necessarily but one of the things that I really got from that ceremony was just like how much you have to keep your own energy channels clean to really be able to feel what you want to feel instead of taking on and carrying what other people are feeling. And I think this comes with time. As I said, it's taken me sort of three years now of continuous practice and refinement of my practices to get to a place where by no means am I perfect, but we're a place where I feel actually quite good about this aspect of my development. And so it just starts, I think, based on what you've said, with, with caring for yourself, which is what a lot of people struggle with in the first place. Mm. And definitely, like, for me too, it's been an absolute, like, learning journey over the past five, six years, however long I've been seeing Colleen, I can't even remember now, but she's always also said to me, like, cognitive and, like, 
you're carrying other people, you're carrying other people, you're absorbing other people. And I've always understood it like cognitively as something that I'm doing, but didn't really know or didn't really experience it in a very visceral way. But having that ability to really feel like in a very visceral embodied way, like, whoa, this is my stuff and this is somebody else's stuff has been really life-changing for me, like really honestly life-changing. So, and then it's, it's about practicing and, and practicing that again and again so that you re-embed it down into your nervous system. You re-establish like, this is the boundary here, this is the boundary there, and you can be of more service. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful, restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So another kind of tool that I wanted to add in here is when we're looking at boundaries and what is mine and what is yours, is that very simple practice you can do is just asking yourself like physiology or what am I feeling right now? So that is like the first key is like, what are you feeling? Because your feeling is either coming through something that you are feeling and experiencing or it's something that you're picking up from somebody in your environment, somebody that's close to you, somebody that could be far away from you because energy and emotion is not limited by time and space. But then once you establish whatever feeling it is, maybe it's, oh, I'm feeling anxious then drop into the physiology of your body. So what are the clues or what are the cues from your body that you are receiving that let you know that you are feeling that because that um, emotion has been informed by something. So if I'm say that I'm feeling anxious and I check in with my body and I don't have a racing heart, I don't have jitteriness, I don't have any sense of like urgency or rash or busyness or needing to move forward like then maybe I go back to that question again. Is anxiousness what I'm really feeling? Or is there something here that's, that's different from what I think I'm feeling to what's actually present in my own body? And then once you've established that, like 
if the physiology of my body, what am I reading for my body of how I'm feeling right now? If that feels clear and it feels like there's nothing that you are kind of reading that feels anxious from the body, whose anxiety or whose worry or whose stress are you perhaps holding? And that is like an interesting practice because once you've established like, maybe this is not my stuff that I'm holding, then whose is it or whose could it possibly be? And then you create that, you go back to that exercise that I did in the beginning of defining yourself. Like, this is me, this is who I am. And I am different from that person because of these reasons. So yeah, it's like a constant practice. And sometimes it's very confusing because you walk into, you know, you come into a situation and you feel anxious and then the body starts to give you the signals of anxiousness because the thoughts and everything that you think inform the body and then the body informs the mind and it goes around back in this feedback loop. So it's really about being able to stop, be present, focus in how are you thinking, how are you feeling and just start creating that sense of settling back down. I've got an interesting story to tell about that, which is um, last year there was a weekend when um, Ben went away and he was staying with his parents and I was at home alone. And it had been, admittedly, I've been through a very busy time at work. So physically, I would say I wasn't that well at the time. I was not, you know, I needed rest. I needed sleep. I needed more downtime, more relaxation. So physically, that's what I needed at the time. And there was one day when I just could not stop crying. I just, and I, I just put it down to the fact that I, I was overtired and I was crying sort of on and off throughout the day, sort of <laughs> spending this very miserable weekend all alone. And that was a Saturday. And then I found out on the Monday morning. So very sadly, um, one of our neighbors was terminally ill and he had passed away that Saturday in the flat, which is like just below us and, and to one side. And so I did also think to myself at the time, you know, was I, yes, I was maybe tired. Maybe I was a little bit not physically well in myself at the time, but the extent to which I was emotional that day was quite huge. And was I act in, actually, in fact, feeling the neighbor's wife who was obviously there and, um, you know, had been supporting her husband to pass. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing is that we pick up so much around us without even being conscious of it, without even being aware of it. And the other kind of third tool that I have is exactly what you're talking about is to really name the experience for what it is. So in your situation in that example is like, can I name the experience? So the experience as it is, somebody has just passed away that lives near us and I'm feeling this, there's something that's happened. There's an external experience that I can put a label on that this is, yes, I'm probably also feeling a little bit of my own stuff. And also there's another experience here that can be named. I've been working really hard. I've been um, really overwhelmed. I've been whatever's going on with um, business or whatever. Like there's two experiences that can be named. And once you create that labeling, it's like, okay, I can come back to this place of who I am and then go through those steps again, defining who I am, defining where I live, defining it and really setting that structure within yourself. And then moving down back into checking your physiology, checking on how you're doing inside yourself and then go through that loop again, name the experience that comes up. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. 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 So what next, Shay? So what next? Um, so I thought we could maybe, obviously now we're in quarantine and life is very different for many of us in many different ways. And there is a lot of value in placing boundaries within ourselves 
as again, remember we said in the beginning, like boundaries are not something that are, is here to limit us or to make us, or they are limitations, but it's not, it doesn't limit us. It creates freedom and it creates structure and it creates opportunity for exploration. So I thought we could just run through some boundaries that might be useful for people to implement over this quarantine time. So the first thing that I said or that I have done on my list is that there might be a time now where you are being inundated with opportunities for connection and virtual virtual meetups and different groups wanting to connect and via Zoom and via all these different things. So placing a limitation on what you are available for and what you're not available for. So creating some kind of definition and being very clear about it because that's the thing about creating strong boundaries is that the first step is that you need to know what you, what you want and what you need. So that is crucial number one. So what do I want? What do I need? And the second step is to be able to really clearly communicate that. And a lot of people, I think of like relationships, it's like people have this want and this need that's very, very, very strong in them, but they then miss the second step of being able to actually communicate that to a parent, to a partner, to a, to a friend you know, and then that builds up resentment because they've got the strong need, but it's not being met, but they haven't been able to clearly communicate it and really like feel that, you know, express it to somebody else who who could help support that need. And then allowing that, allowing that need to be met. So receiving it and then making sure that there is some kind of consequence for the need not being met or not necessarily a consequence, but just really stating why it's a value to you and why it's important to you that it is met so that the people around you are clear with why it's important for you to follow through with this. So um, those four steps really, really important in setting boundaries and connections. I think at the moment, just to kind of bring this into real life as well, is that a lot of people are spending a lot of time on screens right now. And one of my clients actually yesterday on our Grounded Goddess group call, she was saying like she's so tired because she says her whole work has moved onto a screen. You don't have that face-to-face chat you would normally have with a colleague. And then she said, everybody just wants to socialize over a screen. And she's just so sick of, you know, spending time in front of a screen and she really needs to take that rest for herself. Um, And I think it's just really important to call that out because I think that maybe that's what some people are feeling, but they, they haven't quite identified that that's what they're feeling yet. And therefore the first step, as you said, is to be able to identify what that need is and then go to the communication piece. I've also been thinking about this a lot personally because for me with my health, being in front of a screen is the thing that makes me feel the worst. So if I'm in front of a screen for consecutive calls, then I can feel quite tired after you know, two or three hours. Or if then a friend then wants to meet up um, on a screen, you know, for a chat or a catch up and I'm not physically feeling well enough, it, it can be difficult sometimes because we are feeling isolated already and we do want to connect with people, but sometimes we just don't have the capacity and then we're torn between two needs because we're torn between this need to care for ourselves as well as the need for connection. And so this is where boundaries with yourself can also be quite important in terms of just being able to identify or limit, limit, which is the key word. For example, for me, I said, okay, it's like one catch up with a friend a week because that's all I can manage. And if there's already one person 
it booked in for the week, then, you know, I'm just going to have to say no to the other unless, because this is also about being flexible is I, I'm actually feeling really good. And I feel like I've had the physical capacity. So with all of this, I think particularly at the moment, the reason why I just wanted to share that was really just to highlight that if that's how you're feeling, it's okay. Mm. And that's actually the second kind of practical boundary that I have is limitations on social media. And it speaks exactly exactly to that if you are feeling overwhelmed if you're trying to homeschool if you're trying to work from home if you've got all these other suddenly now your your day has kind of got so much extra on top of it can you create some kind of boundary or limitation on social media and I don't think it's very useful to just say well I'm going to just go from having all my time on social media like that I love hanging out and just scrolling and just I'm going to cut it all out completely but if you can have a really clearly defined boundary that's, that is really clear, that is communicated to yourself in a way that is, okay, I'm spending 20 minutes a day on social media or an hour a day on social media, but you give yourself that, that very clear limitation in order to explore and experiment within. So yeah, I've got an hour that I can explore. I can break it up into 20 minute chunks or I can break it up into five minutes every hour after I've finished a chunk of work. Um, we spoke in the working from home episode about this Pomodoro technique. So perhaps you have an hour of work and then five minutes you can scroll on the social media or whatever it wants, but whatever you want, but creating very clearly defined boundaries around your social media usage and your screen time, computer time, whatever it is, I think also really useful. And within, within that, I think also is just doing one thing at a time. So if you're on social media, be on social media. If you're on replying to emails, be on your emails. If you are on a Zoom call, be on a Zoom call, whatever it is. Um, personally, I find it the most overwhelming, the most unsettling when I'm flicking between like my, my phone is pinging and then I'm on WhatsApp and then I'm on my work email and then there's a Facebook message come through and it's just like, ah. Mm -hmm. So um, focusing on one thing at a time within those boundaries is, is really helpful to relieve anxiety and pressure. Mm, exactly. Gary Keller's, I think it's Gary Keller, his book, um, The One Thing is also amazing on that. Just like so, so powerful and so simple. So the other thing that I have, and this is quite a practical one, is limitations on how many times you get up and snack from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be said, right? <laughs> yeah, it had to be said. Like I think, and also it's, it's, not, a, it's not about saying, oh, I'm not going to do this. It's about creating those um, boundaries and limitations and containers for yourself that you can explore and experiment within. So yeah, it's not about limitation, but it's about creating structure and discipline for yourself in your day. So I think that's really useful too. I've definitely um, noticed since we've been in this situation, there've been a few more trips to the chocolate cabinet. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yeah. doing, actually, I, I, I'm doing my best now to kind of like rein it in. I was, I was blaming it on hormones, but now I'm in the part of my cycle where I can't blame it on hormones. So I'm going <laughs> to have to kick in the discipline. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and then the, the last little thing of this practical thing on boundaries was boundaries in a working from home perspective which you kind of touched on in the working from home episode but creating the boundaries between when are my working hours when are my working hours finished what do my working hours look like in relation to people that are around me and can I can I communicate that effectively with the people who are around me in terms of breaks and times and things like that so and um, whatever it looks like for you it will be different person to person but just having that really clear container for you to work with them yeah. And I mean, just really simple. It seems very obvious, but really simple thing is that uh, to do is just if you are working from home alongside a partner or a flatmate or, you know, a friend or anyone, it's just really simple thing is just sitting down in the evening or in the morning and just say like, 
tell me about your day tomorrow. Like, what have you got going on? Because if you can start to just compare schedules and, and, you know, get organized, it can just make a huge difference. Mm. And then just going back to something that you said is you mentioned about this idea of being torn between two needs and like, Oh, there's this need to look after myself, but then also there's this, this need to connect and socialize or whatever. But when we create boundaries or not, but I should say, and when we create boundaries, boundaries are in direct relationship to our values. So of course, sometimes we can have more than one value, but it's really about tuning inwards and, and figuring out like what is of most value to me in this moment. If I'm feeling really low and run down, then I need to prioritize the boundary that creates space for that little bit of revitalizing a little bit more of an energy boost. If I'm feeling like really disconnected and isolated what value can I, can I honor that would create a little bit more of that connection or a little bit more of that relationship with somebody else? So, yeah, there's so much of this comes back to the same thing. It's like tuning into what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and then honoring yourself. And that's this piece of self-love that we come back to again and again on the show of like, what do I need? How are my needs met? And how can I choose to love and honor myself in this moment given the circumstances around me? And just to make that a little bit more practical, even more so, is one of the things that I wrote about recently in a post that I did was using a kind of wellness scale, but I think we could call it like an energy scale, which would be if naught is, or one is low energy, super duper depleted, and 10 is your energy is off the charts, you're feeling like embodied and grounded and really, really awesome then you can use that scale to help you make decisions about like what you do and don't set boundaries around or, you know, when there is that competition for needs, because some things are always going to take a little bit of energy from you in life. And some things are going to top you up and give you energy in life. And if we ideally want to keep ourselves at the very, very minimum, you know, five, and if not higher, then if you're feeling a five, then you want to maybe think about prioritizing those things or setting boundaries so that you can prioritize those things, which help you get up to a six or seven or eight. And then maybe you've got a little bit more energy to give to some of the other things that may take energy from you. So it's always, as you say, it's that importance of just checking in. How's my energy? Where am I? And maybe preempting, well, will this take from me? Will this give to me? And, and what boundaries do I need to set in place to mm. accommodate for that? Mm. I can give you an example of this like completely like I don't know if people have maybe been seen on social media I've been involved in helping get this campaign off the ground to get some well-being bags to the NHS and I started a crowdfunder campaign and on Tuesday or Monday when, whenever it was like early on the week I like put this out into social media and I was super active with it because I was feeling like in such a really good place and like so energized and a beautiful brand and like done all this like stuff to really boost and nourish my own body and myself and like really like full put that out into social media was like kind of putting it out everywhere and thank you Anna for your donation I saw you donated oh did you? I, no, it wasn't me. I mean, I mean, oh, I, I actually have, I have to have a conversation <laughs> with you about this, but maybe not on the show. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an Anna and I just thought it was you. Oh, well. Okay. And I, I put so much energy into this because I was feeling so topped up, so topped up within myself. And like there was, you see like a fraction of it on social media, but there's so much like behind the scenes in terms of emailing this person and the supplier and the artwork and this. And like there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. Hours of work. Yeah, hours completely. So anyway, I did all this and I boosted it out. And then yesterday, I don't know if it was just like full moon or just like different like always blame the moon. <laughs> always been the moon. But like 
suddenly my own personal energy was not as robust as it was the day before. And I just like, I couldn't offer any energy to this project. Like I, re I replied to a few emails that I needed to just to keep the momentum going, but like I didn't have myself boosted enough to be able to really like dive into this and like fully go at it again. So there's this noticing of like, okay, what can I do right now in myself to reboost and reestablish like how I'm feeling so that that is like full, that balloon that I spoke about earlier is like really like, it's not porous. It's like, it's like energized, it's full. It's like really bounded so that then I can offer that in support and in service of others. So yeah. But if you are, by the way, just a little plug, if you are wanting to donate, we are creating a well-being hamper for the NHS staff. An anaesthetist who lives in Tooting, she actually lives very close to me, like 10 minutes walk. And she got in touch and she's organizing a whole lot of wellness pampers to be delivered to the NHS staff at Surrey Hospital. And I've been kind of helping her with this campaign and we've done a crowd funding and we have got the money for the bags that are going to be printed with this NHS design that she wanted. And um, we are now looking to see if we can use the excess money in that account to get some yoga mats for them to put into the bags. So yeah, hopefully it works out. We've got yoga matters on board and we'll see what they can offer. So if you are wanting to donate anything that you have, anything, five pounds, two pounds, one pound, and that could go towards putting yoga mats in the bags for NHS staff, that would be amazing. So I'll leave the link in the show notes. Yeah, amazing. Shay, you're doing beautiful work in the world. Oh, thanks, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. Thank you. And yeah. I've got nothing else that I really wanted to say today. Okay. Well, I think that's given people a nice juicy takeaway, I hope. Yeah. So if you have any questions or any um, inspiration or if you want to get in touch and um, if you have a wellness product that you want to put into the hampers, um, they're going out in the next two weeks, hopefully. So get in touch and we can open it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening and we'll see you all next time. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Last year, I dropped deeper and deeper into my purpose of helping women shed unhelpful layers, turn inwards and take ownership of their lives in order to access their fullest, most vibrant potential. In this time, I have been creating an immersion that offers exactly that through a completely unique blend of tools, skills, and practices from yoga, breathwork, and the body to self-inquiry, emotional process work, and intuitive and creative art-based explorations so that understanding and spiritual growth is deeply integrated through a variety of modalities and is fully embodied. I'd love to invite you to the first ever Voyage to the Soul four-day immersion taking place in Norfolk, UK from the 24th to the 27th of April, 2020. If you'd like further info on this immersion and how you can join us, 
please contact me, Shay, through the contact page on shaydaya.com, linked in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the show.